Hello and welcome to The Big Chat, a podcast that champions individuals and businesses at the heart of their communities. Um, Making sure they understand how accountable they need to be in the business, but being positive throughout so that they literally love what they do. I think magazines will always be around. I think there'll always be a market for them. I think advertisers like being on paper. But in another way, it actually gave me that time to really grow and develop and, um, yeah, build it, basically. We try to communicate more with clients than most accountants do. The Big Chat. This is all about collaboration and giving people in our towns the chance to have their say, their way. My name's Nicole. Welcome to The Big Chat. And today we are very excited to be talking to Fiona Murden. Hello, Fiona. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm super excited to be talking to you. I um, Yeah, I, I really can't say on a personal level and on a um, level of everyone in our community is going to know who you are after this, which is fabulous because the work that you do is phenomenal. Tell us a bit about what you do, Fiona, because you'll be much better at, I mean, obviously you're an occupational psychologist, but please expand on that for our audience here today. Yeah, because most people haven't got a clue what that is, including other psychologists. <laughs> but it, basically, <laughs> it's um, I, I've worked with leaders and prominent people like athletes and a few politicians and various people over the years where, and entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs and creatives actually, mm. and it's trying to help them get the most out of themselves. So I... I mm started off in this field doing in-depth psychological profiling where you go through a person's life over the course of four hours and then work out what their story is and and what their strengths are their passions are how they're they're formed as a person and then how they can use that to best effect in an organization but I always felt like I was working with the privileged people and I wanted to sort of connect more broadly with people and give people these tools so I wrote a couple of books and now doing some really really exciting stuff with a charity to try and get things out a bit more broadly and what's the name of the charity you're working with so we all know future first future first wow that sounds great yeah I mean that that's it you like you mentioned you've worked with a lot of obviously this is a, a, a business trying to bring the business and local businesses but also entrepreneurs and business owners and the community together um and it's really done that more than ever now because obviously you're a mother I'm a mother we work um I am similar to yourself I listened to something that you said about you love being a mum but you also need to keep busy I can definitely relate to that and I think a lot of people can however layering on the homeschooling that we're experiencing at the moment does add another dimension to it um but it, it's really fascinating for people that maybe haven't read your books and we'll talk about your books a bit later um this profiling is is phenomenal. I mean, from a point of view of getting into businesses and really drilling down on people's goals and what they need. Um, but like you say, you've worked with some really big names. You've worked with um, Chief Editor of Mary Claire, haven't you? And Dr. Martin, CEO of Dr. Martin's. I mean, some big names. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, there's, and there's a lot of people that I can't name as well just because of the nature of the work. But it's fine. What's interesting is you, when it comes to self-awareness, which is fundamentally what it's about, is understanding yeah. ourselves, knowing ourselves. And that's for performance on the one hand, but yeah. also to keep ourselves emotionally resilient on the other. 
And it's something that never finishes. And, you know, that could sound quite daunting, but actually it's really exciting because we're continually learning and exploring and finding out about things about ourselves and how we fit in the world around us. And you're from Tunbridge Wells, not far from me, which is, uh, you know, Tunbridge Wells is a small place. We've not crossed each other before. Um, but I mean, how did you get into this? I mean, obviously, you've, like you say, you've worked with some, some big, and we'll talk about the work that you're doing now, because I think that's one of the greatest things to have come out of this pandemic is that connectivity. But it's, it's kind of brought us all, it's united us all in, in one way or another. We're all experiencing something together on different platforms of that experience so how how did you get into being you know what what was sort of made you think oh I'm gonna get into this I'm gonna I'm such a geek because I, I was at uh, <laughs> Tunbridge Wells Girls Grammar School where are you I was and I I really enjoyed psychology I I can't remember there was a newspaper article or something and I wasn't really it doesn't make it sound like I read the newspaper I didn't really but mm. some for some reason I read this article and then I thought I want to be I wanted to do sort of traditional psychology, which is clinical psychologist. So I headed off down that path and then realised that I wasn't mentally robust enough to be able to do that. And I that was partway through my undergraduate degree in psychology. And I thought, oh, what am I going to do now? And so, so I had a job at uni and um, I just thought, I'll stay here for another year and I'll do a master's in business because then I can go and work in business. So yeah. I then went to work in management consultancy, which everyone went, fee, that's so not you. And I was like, oh, I'll show you. Um, <laughs> and it really wasn't me. But I, I mean, I had some amazing experiences because I worked on the launch of PlayStation 2. I worked at London Stock Exchange. I did some really interesting stuff, but there was also a lot yeah. of it that was just like mind numbing for me. It just didn't fit. And so I actually went off traveling around the world on my own for a year. Um, came back to that job and then quit and did my Master of Science in Occupational Psychology because I'd spoken to so many people and found out that actually I could use what I'd learned for those few years I was consultant and reapply it together with the psychology. But to do that, I had to do another Master's. And this, I think, is fascinating because I personally was a yoga teacher about Oh, dare I say it, about 20, 15, 20 years ago. And I was a yoga teacher about 10 years. And then I did some training in meditation and did worked on that. And it was at a time, a couple of decades ago, where it wasn't really in the business world. And I've always been a bit yin and yang. I've always been a bit, you know, I love, I love my yoga. I love my spirituality, but I also really <clears throat> love business and I'm quite high energy. Um, but there seems to be a bit more of a meeting of the two worlds now, which is great because some of the information that you've given in some of the podcasts and some of your guests. I mean, talk to us a bit about your podcast because it's it's fantastic. We're talking some amazing podcasts as well, which obviously excites me. Um, tell us about that. Thank you. I think I need to frame it a little bit better because I just sort of post it and pop it out there. But we've had people on it like um, what uh, Kenny Wilson, who's CEO of Dot Martins, and he's yeah. he's a friend. But I met him through working with him. Um, he was the CEO of Kath Kidston before, but was he? Yeah, he was. But before that, he was at Levi's, and he spent most of his career there. Um, I've so yeah. Uh, who else? Um, Jono, a friend who's an, an air commodore in the Australian Air Force, and mm-hmm. he got there basically because someone had written on the front of his file, "Unfortunately, a psychologist, um, not not bright enough or stupid or something like that." That basically said he wasn't officer material. 
So he wow. was absolutely hell-bent on doing it. But he's done seven tours of duty and has PTSD, which he's really open about. Mm. Um, and that that's actually the most popular podcast because people, even if they've not got something like PTSD, can really relate mm. to what Jono's saying. Um, it's really powerful, I think. And then I've had people like Giles. I mean, yes. you can't beat Giles and Jim. I know. I mean, how amazing. I've had both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. A lady called Tasha Urich, who's um, a psychologist in the States, New York Times bestseller. So all sorts of different people. And it's really just been talking to people. Oh, Dr. Rada. She's amazing too. Brilliant. Um, who I met through Giles. Oh, wow. Yeah. And just some interesting people and hearing about their story, basically. So what has got them to where they are, what have been the highs, what have been the lows, what have been the points that they want to share. I think it's, I think also where you've, in your bite size as well, where you talk about things like imposter syndrome and being self-awareness and all these things, it's really cracking the nut open about topics that probably people, some people could think, possibly that when you are in charge of a multi-billion com- pound company or you're, you know, really um, successful athlete, that you just don't suffer from any of these internal processes. And the reality is, I mean, obviously asking you today, that, that, that it's very much so apparent. And obviously with the pandemic now, I mean, there's even more things that are thrown on. And the bigger the organisation, the more the more levels to that in some cases. I mean, is that how's that your experience been of that with, with these, you know, do they need more work when you're working closely with them because of the pressures that come with those, um, you know, extra things? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing you mentioned, uh, the sport. So Lou, who I do the bite-sized with, is mm-hmm. a sports psychologist and she's worked with some amazing I mean she's worked with loads and loads of uh, Olympic medalists she she really sees that side of stuff which is great yeah because our discussion can be like you said a bit yin and yang because we've got it's the brilliant. same point but from different angles but um those people it's been interesting because I coach I've got people that I coach and I've coached some of them for years actually and it's not that they're not coping, but they've had to change so much. So initially it was all about communication. Mm. And whilst they might yeah. have been good communicators before the pandemic, suddenly they had to communicate, connect with people who have furloughed. How do you connect mm. with them? How do you keep them engaged? How do you help them if they're not feeling good? And then there's also themselves. I mean, one person that I coach is one of the most emotionally resilient people I've ever come across. And not saying that they have no emotion, they do. Mm. Um, mm. But they, when we had our, we didn't have a coaching session for ages. And then when we did during the pandemic, mm. they came off that and said, wow, I really needed that. I really needed to talk. I didn't realize how much mm. I needed that. So I think, yeah, it's a pressure cooker for all of us. Absolutely. And you actually, one of the, um, when you did have a chat with, with Giles, you, you mentioned um, about needing to get out and that, that kind of space that we all need and actually the, the, the science behind it. And I think that's the thing, isn't there? There is, you know, can you talk to us a bit about that? You, you will explain it far better. I'm discovering more and more of this, but I'm still a bit nervous about saying it out loud. It's um, just the, the, you know, the mechanics of the brain and the mind and actually sort of sleep deprivation, how that can have such a cause and effect, not getting out enough, not getting enough fresh air, not getting enough 
in tune with nature, all these things that we are now literally being, we're being crammed into our homes. I mean, I haven't been out for three days. That's not good. Probably I might be a bit more chilled out next time I speak to you. Yeah, maybe it should be over a drink next time. Um, <laughs> I am, um, yeah. Well, so basically our brain hasn't evolved for 50,000 years. So we have the bit of the brain that everyone knows, reptilian brain, which is heart rate breathing. Then we have the limbic system, which is the emotional centers of the brain. Now, this is very crude. Obviously, it's far more interconnected than this in reality. Mm. That, um, I mean, I think it was 120 million years ago that's finished evolving. And then the next layer of the brain on top of that is the neocortex, and that's 50,000 years ago. But our limbic system, our emotional brain, is far quicker and more powerful than our the bit around the outside, which is our rational brain. And mm. so if we have something like, say, when we were allowed to go into coffee shops, if mm. someone had taken, you go off to the loo, you come back and someone's in your seat, that immediately creates a reaction. That makes us feel quite like anxious or angry. And that's literally because our, our primitive brain is saying, you're in my territory, danger. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, I mean, we know these things to an extent, but the thing is, these things add up, add up, add up, add up all day, yeah. every day. And the only yeah. way to disperse the chemicals that add up is to be outside, is to do exercise, mm. is to connect with other people. Um, all these things that basically we need to think, well, how would we have lived thousands of years ago? And then try and incorporate that as much as we can. We certainly wouldn't have lived sort of talking to someone on a screen emitting light, you know. No, and I, but but at the same time, I found it interesting how we are now connecting more with each other through technology. I prefer the way technology is being used now to possibly the, um, you know, this this sort of sense of self that we present to other people through social media, which isn't necessary. We're all human. We all have, you know, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm not great in the morning. We all we all can relate on a human level, and I think that there was that disconnect where people would sort of oh how you appear on social media must be true well you're not going to necessarily put all the bad bits out you're possibly going to put all the best bits out whereas I feel like now we're having to deal day to day with um but again that brings up different things doesn't it people have been talking about how they're doing work on zoom all day long they're becoming much more critique of themselves how they look how they feel there's all these things I mean do you do you see any of those things coming up more now with your work going forwards obviously you talked about coaching well, yeah, I mean, the, th the, the thing is for me, um, social media, you've got people who are brilliant, like Giles and Rada, very mm -hmm. positive. But if you take us, normal human beings, <laughs> what we tend to do is, of course, we only post a snapshot. So we're yes. not seeing the nuance and complexity of what it means to be alive, which we would normally see. So when you're doing yeah. Zoom, although Zoom's got a lot of downfalls as well, you can mm -hmm. see me in my lounge. You can, If I turned it around, you'd see my lounge is a complete mess. Um, you can see when I'm not sort of looking posed or presentable mm -hmm. to the camera. Mm -hmm. So it makes it more natural. And social media companies have a lot to answer for in terms of they do tap into our more primitive drivers and they use those yes. and they manipulate them. Now that might not have been their intention when they set out, but for them it works because they get more sales, they get more advertising, they get more income. And so yeah. it's not, I was really anti-social media. Lockdown has made me less anti because mm. I've actually met some amazing people on it. But if yeah. we look at, if we go back to research, if you're scrolling, 
it tends to have a more negative impact. If you're engaging and you're talking to someone, it can actually have a positive impact. It's as simple as that. Again, you look at it and you think, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I think it's education as well. I think that, you know, we, we, and I was talking to a colleague about this, that there needs to be more education. We sort of say, oh, we need to be more educated on mental health, but we also need to be educated on how the mind works and how the brain works, because it is what you feed it is how you'll feel and how you feel is how you act. And it's, I think you mentioned one of your podcasts and I've certainly said this before myself. It's not so much like I'm a pretty upbeat, positive person, but I have dark days as we all do. And that could have, that could be lots of things. It could just be that I'm just, you know, didn't, my coffee didn't taste right in the morning. But it it's really hard if you've got a lot of stress coming in, not to, like you say, emotional resilience. That's tough at the moment for people. But if you understand that emotion is a state that you can change and you practice that with different techniques, then it becomes like all other things like diet. And, and I know it's not that simple, but it, it takes work, doesn't it? I think. It definitely takes work. And that's what the danger is, is people want the quick answers. So mm. I, I won't name this person, but I did a talk somewhere quite prominent and there was someone else talking who I, I was trying to connect with her beforehand. We were introduced and she just wouldn't connect with me. And I thought, fine. She didn't. Um, and then she presented that she had three quick, easy steps to to uh, fix anxiety. And the organiser came out and she looked so worried. And I didn't go into the actual talk and and she was sort of fretting. And I said, tell, tell me what's wrong. And she said, oh, I, I'll tell you. I'll share with you, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh. And she said, I know there are people in there that the way it was presented, it's going to undo them. And I was like, okay, if we got all their email addresses, yes, okay, we can fix this. We can fix it. Oh, that's great. The thing is, there are people who maybe they mean well, but they'll say, oh, you just do this, this, and this, and you'll be okay. Mm. And then people aren't okay because it's not as easy as that. And then they can start feeling like they're failing or they're they're treading, you know, they're banging their head against a wall. So it's not saying, oh, this is so complex, you're never going to get it. But it is saying, like you say, it's using an analogy like exercise and saying we have to, yeah. we have to keep fit. We have to keep mentally mm. fit. It's a muscle, isn't it? It's like you've got to flex the muscle. And, you know, Giles and I were talking about just, you know, using the muscle. He was talking about internal Google. <laughs> He's using his internal Google, more, which I think is brilliant. But actually it is that. It's just start, you know, you have to treat it for what it is. And I think it's it's hard because the external world can have such an impression on your internal world and it can feel very separate. And at the moment, people have been separated and then connected. It's It's a very... It's a difficult time. You talked about talks there. I hear, I hear that there's a talk coming up this year. This year, is there a bit of a talk coming up with a someone we might have heard at TEDx or something? I think a few people might have heard of TEDx TEDx talk. Yeah, well, I, tell us a bit about that. I mentioned to you earlier. I hate being on video, so I put off doing the talk whenever <laughs> they come up. And I was due to do this one in March last year, and I actually did the rehearsal the week before, and then two days later, lockdown hit. So <laughs> they've invited me back to do it in March this year. So London School of Economics. Um, and there was obviously an intention there somewhere because you, you're not getting off that lightly. You know, it's, it's following you. It's, it's following, following you. me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be doing that in March. Tell us about that because also your books, obviously there was, tell us a bit about your books because there was one you bought out during the pandemic, but you've had another one that's really interesting. Yeah, the one in the pandemic sort of just gone, <laughs> sat there somewhere and if occasionally people have said they've read it I'm like great but the first one is called defining you and it was basically trying to get the profiling 
process into as much as you can into a book to give people the tools to be able to explore their own story and then in this that's in the first half of that and the second half of that is more about coaching and optimizing who you are and I've just mm -hmm. rewritten the second edition to that which focuses a lot on the emotional resilience because I've worked mm -hmm. with not only leaders but surgeons with emotional resilience I've written a few papers um, and where you're dealing with people like that, you're dealing with the knock-on effect to patient outcome. So it's not Absolutely. just that individual, it's does that person that they're operating on live or not. Um, so there's that piece, that, that book, and then the other book is Mirror Thinking, and that's the one that came out in the pandemic. But that's yeah. the one that I'm really, I'm really passionate about the first one. I'm just doing a pilot actually based on the first one with a group of really interesting people from across the world. So that's sort of trying to bring it to the pandemic world yeah the absolutely one, the second one sort of reflects what you were just saying apart from the fact it's called mirror thinking um <laughs> which I love I think that sounds I'm I'm really interested to hear about that Thank I mean you. I haven't read it yet but I will well it's it's really about looking at the impression that people around us make on us all the time like you were saying it's our external world and how that impacts our internal world because what happens externally is then fed into what's happening internally and um my key aim with it is to try and help people in what in underprivileged backgrounds to try and get out of those backgrounds because in effect it's using natural mechanisms yeah to enable escape from loops of uh, deprivation or abuse or gang membership but it's also something that people in the most privileged settings can use to help yeah. them live a better life and you've done some work with the with the nhs i now i'm rubbish with pronouncing words acronym 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 is that how you say it with the covid you did a podcast with nhs and you did the, there was something you did see for connection tell us a bit more about that what you worked with that you did you did a something in your podcast wasn't it, around remember that. it now it's basically, <laughs> it's basically i'm sure you could do one off the cuff right now if you wanted to fiona <laughs> it's look at mental health five a day which the nhs came up with which i think is brilliant yeah. but they don't seem Me to too. promote or talk about um and i just mm. changed it into the acronym covid but um the mental health five a day, the things that we hear a lot about. Mm. So getting outside, being active, yeah. um, meditation or mindfulness, connecting yeah. with others and giving back to others. And that's nice. there's also an amazing man I met. He's, um, he's the lead editor for the UN Happiness Report. And he was a professor of economics. And I don't know if you've heard of Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Yes, I have. So he's a Nobel yes. Peace Prize winner. And I'm talking to this other guy and I mentioned Daniel Kahneman. He's like, well, Kahneman, I can never say it right. He's like, oh, Danny. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so he, I love that. Giles does that. Yeah, yeah Giles does <laughs> No, he that. doesn't. But he, does, he could. <laughs> and it's amazing. So basically, he... It, long story short, I spent hours with this man in the end um, in Canada, and he he's done a lot of research that shows how being pro-social doesn't just help our well-being immensely, but it helps the the economy. And so mm. it's sort of got it's got something that I feel like government should be more convinced by. Yes. Well, I mean, Jacinda Dern takes this stuff very seriously anyway, but we're not in New Zealand, yeah. are we? Unfortunately. <laughs> But let's not get on to now politics. You, 
Let's yeah, politic. Yeah, we, I, I'll start to start to feel a bit nervous when we go near <laughs> politics at the moment. Um, but with, I mean, I read something interesting the other day that was about uh, bosses becoming more like coaches. Like the the whole. I mean, thank goodness those tyrant bosses back from the eighties, and I definitely had a few of them that were like yeah. you know boiler room esque kind of you know do it or get out that kind of mentality. No one that I know now, obviously, but literally that there was an article all about how bosses now, especially with what's happened, are going to have to be coaching their staff more than they are. They're going to have to become that kind of nurturing, and I think that gives a lot of hope for for the whole nation that maybe there's going to be a bit of a shift and with this work that you're talking about and doing I think it's really important talk about more of the work that you're saying where where you want to work with more of the underprivileged and you know maybe maybe smaller businesses not just obviously you've done the big we've all done the big you know everyone loves the big shiny stuff but it's relevant to everything isn't it yeah. so well, it'd be lovely to hear a bit more about that so I'm do, I mean I my readers or people have asked me since I brought out the first book, if I would create a digital course. And I sort of kept thinking, yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day. And then the pandemic hit and I thought, right, I think it is time. And so that's one way in which I'll be able to offer tools. So in, initially I was going to do it B2B, so business to business. But then I've got all these readers. So I've got people in on this pilot course that literally started today. I've got people from India, America, um, UK, obviously, Holland, Germany, Australia. And it's a real mix. So I've got two people in the US who are doctors, uh, medical doctors. I've got someone in the US who's an entrepreneur. I've got um, readers from Australia, from Holland. So all these different people. And I thought, actually, I don't want to just offer this B2B. I want to offer it B2C. If people can Brilliant. stand hearing my voice, it gives them the chance to sort of walk through this um, course. And it just gives people more tools to say, who am I? And in a way that's safe and that's constructive, because it's very, you can very easily go down the wrong path with that stuff. And then I'm creating one on, based on the second half of the book, which is more around, it's going to be called Optimizing You, but Emotional Resilience. Mm. And then the thing I'm most excited about is this mirror thinking, because mm. this charity, the chief exec read my book and then we had a meeting. I didn't even know she'd read it. And she's like, I've, I've started quoting bits from it. I was like, oh. Um, and she said, can we do something with this? I was like, yes, definitely. And so we're looking at creating a course for 14 to 18-year-olds to help them understand what they need to do to be mentored. It sounds obvious, but it's Brilliant. not because of all the barriers we have in the modern world. What they need to look for, how they need to be. And then, of course, for their 18 to 25-year-olds who then mentor them on how to be a great mentor or role model and what that means. And the, That's amazing. I mean, the, the thing I mean, is there are loads of mentor. It's always good with intention, these mentoring programs, but a lot of them fail because they don't understand the barriers. And the, it, it means that actually there's research that shows that kids that are taken and mentored and then dropped it has a more negative impact on all their outcomes, in, including life outcomes, but how much they're involved in crime. But I don't want it just mm. to be for the underprivileged. I want any kids to be able to have this stuff because it's it's basically it's talk, talking a bit about your mind, your emotional makeup, but in a way that's easy and friendly and fun um, to hopefully. I think 
I think that's really inspirational and incredibly empowering. And I think, as I mentioned to you sort of before we came on here, I've been looking into something similar because it's just for for young adults. I mean, let alone in this, you know, in our community, we've sadly had, you know, suicides and there's been really unfortunate mental health issues with you know that's come up but they've always been there as well and I think if you can teach these tools to young adults and try and get in a bit sooner and like you say if you're if you're teaching the young adults but you're also teaching the mentors I mean that's phenomenal because that's you know you're coming at it from both angles and then you're going to get the maximum results because ultimately if you can empower people to power themselves we'd all be a lot happier if we had access to this. You've still got to work at it. You've still got to do it every day. You've still got to go to bed early and you've still got to, you know, eat well and all the rest of it. But just having those tools and like you say, a lot of people's lives just don't facilitate them to to be, to have access to tools, do they? So I think the underprivileged, like you say, make it um, as accessible as possible, but equally that's, that's really, you know, inspirational that you're doing that and that that's come from your book. I think that's fantastic. I mean, the thing that I like is it's a natural mechanism. If you can remove the barriers, then you can just let it happen and it works and yeah. it helps people fulfil their life outcomes much, much more positively. But you have to remove those barriers and you have to just equip them with skills that or understanding that while it's natural, we don't learn. So at yeah. school, in our curriculum, it's all about, we put test results first we put maths we put English Mm. first and that puts pressure on teachers as well because teachers Mm. then don't have the freedom to really connect with children and understand them Mm. as much as they probably want to so that's the other thing I mean I want to do it I want to get it so that it goes to parents ultimately initially we're just doing it with that with teachers um and then my I've got passion for the NHS so my aim with the first course, the one based on my first book, is to, because that very much builds emotional resilience, to put it out and then use some of the money for people paying for it to fund people in the NHS to go through it um, for, I don't know, five quid or free or whatever. Brilliant. If you got, I mean, say you were, a, um, I don't know, a local business owner, small, small size business, and you've gone through this pandemic as we have, say it was me, so I'm just starting out and I haven't necessarily got the resources at the moment to invest in a phenomenal coach like yourself, Fiona, which would be fantastic. But say, say I want to just what what would be where would you say would be a good resource to go to that would just be easy to get to find out a bit more useful information, helpful to a business owner. Uh, put you on the spot there. Put me on the spot. Um, it's really tricky. I think it it has to be self led. Unfortunately, if you're yeah, and then I think it's looking at things like. Uh, TED Talks is looking at people's work like Tasha Uruk who very much explores self-awareness what that means and how that can help and then literally going through references based on those things and thinking reading stuff that works for you it's not about if you if you don't like reading then don't start reading you know (laughs) find something online that's a video or whatever but yeah find these resources who are people who actually immerse themselves in that as a career so they really know yeah. the science behind it um because dot to dot i've heard dot to dot podcast quite good <laughs> quite a good podcast 
<laughs> but again, it's, you know, uh, the power of podcasts is amazing because at the moment you can literally listen, even through Alexa, as we were discussing earlier, if you want to, um, your favorite podcast is as you're going around doing what you're doing. So there's quite a lot of great ways to digest information out there, isn't there? There is. Definitely. What would you say have been your highlights in your life? You know, what would you say if you... Have you got have you got a kind of high and people always sort of ask me what's your high what's your low would you say there's any that stand out that might might inspire other people to see how you've you know achieved you've achieved a lot I would say my highlights are snow snowboarding um amazing that, brilliant that's my real passion <laughs> and um just going out and hang out with groups of girls who 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 like doing the sort of snowboarding I do so going back country and you know hiking and doing all that stuff oh. and there aren't there aren't an abundance of girls who like doing that. So it's kind of, and then I love being outdoors and just being active. Um, I know it sounds really cheesy, but at the moment I feel, I feel really good because I feel finally the stuff that I wanted to study when I was a teenager is going to have potentially have a a bigger impact and help people. Sounds really cheesy, but it makes me feel really excited. Um, yeah. And then the lows, I guess, was when my dad passed away, well, at the same time I was having, I had three miscarriages between my first daughter and my second. And, you know, losing dad, I think, was probably worse than, like, I don't know, I never really thought, but probably worse than the miscarriages. But you know, Was it all quite close together, the yeah, timing? was Yeah, it? it was all close together. But I think, I, I say that out loud because I think it's important to make miscarriage something that's talked about rather very much so very much so and and I had really difficult pregnancies neither of my pregnancies were easy I was incredibly ill with um extreme uh sickness you know morning sickness throughout Mm. both and a whole load of other things but I love my family and Mm. I love where I'm at now uh except for getting older which I'm trying really hard. You don't look old. You do it's not look good. old. It's good because I've got probably a slightly smudged Zoom. You look very young on my screen there. Let's keep it so, that way. Yeah. Maybe we should never meet in person. And we, <laughs> we should. What do I just get to go out with this screen for a drink? Just yeah, like... I'll take this with me. <laughs> it could go that way, couldn't it? <laughs> but I think, like you say, showing, uh, highlighting things like miscarriage. I I suffered a miss miscarriage before I, I had my son. Two and... mis- miscarriage. Oh, and it's people do not talk about mis miscarriages. I didn't even know what it was. I just went to the, I was all you know went went to have the scan, and they were like, "Oh no, not there anymore." And it was just, and also it's, yeah, it, it it's kind of it was it's such a taboo. It's it 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 shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. It needs to be something. I I really embrace women like yourself that are talking more openly about it because it absolutely needs to be talked about. And I think. And and my father passed away three years ago, two two and a half, three years ago. I'm sorry for you, but it was again father, best friend, dog, oh, all within. It was literally, but these things happen a lot, and they sometimes. I feel like, and I don't know, you might have better experience with this than me, but it seems to to create a breakthrough. It's like you suddenly come through. You all these things come up, and then it's certainly broken a lot open for me. I, I think there's been more. Um, not only just because I'm in my mid forties, and I, I call it not a midlife crisis, but a midlife awakening. Like I think, but there is, isn't it? You're halfway through your life. You've had life experience. You've been lucky enough to be on the planet, and you're able to sort of look back and reflect. But also, you feel things very deeply. It's, it's, um, and yeah, it's an interesting time because I, I certainly feel like I've been undone and trying to do myself back up 
in a slightly better way, emotional resilience being one of them, or just having a bit more control over my own emotions a bit rather than them controlling me. And I think in business, that's helpful as well, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's really helpful. And it, I mean, it's the ultimate skill really is having, um, I call it emotional wisdom rather than emotional intelligence because emotional that's intelligence nice. goes against what I believe in, which is this fixed, you know, you're born with it or you're not. Emotional yeah. wisdom actually fits with the science as well because you can grow your emotional wisdom. And I think it's a nice way of looking at it because I think of, I think of wise old women or men like, uh, Miss Marple, <laughs> you know, who've who've just got this view on the Ms. world Marple. and they're calm and they're maybe a bit quirky and funny. And then you've <laughs> also got, on the other hand, the grumpy old woman or the grumpy old man. And I think I aspire to be like that wise old woman, you know, or wise old, yeah. not a wise old man because I'm a woman, but that wise old woman. And to, and we can all do that, it, but it takes... Was your was your dad a bit, a bit of a mentor to you? Was he, was, did you get some of that wisdom from your you know i'm sorry he's he's gone but you know it comes from somewhere doesn't it i'm i'm sort of able to i don't know when did you lose your dad because i'm able to look back a bit now and sort of smile a bit again now which is pleasant when you get to that part of grieving seven years ago but um Mm. it's painful isn't it when you you lose your dad or your mum um yeah and yes he 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 was a kind gentle soul he wasn't all his life he had a heart attack I'm not saying it wasn't kind and gentle, but he it, mm. it came out when he had a heart attack and it really changed who he was or what the part of him he presented to the world. And he was mm. just this kind person that loved everyone and just Aww. everyone was wonderful. And he lived in York and anyone he met, any of my friends, he'd be like, come and stay, you're welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, and I love one thing with with if you have anyone whether it's a parent or someone outside so my mirror thinking's role models and that yeah. person is someone who believes in you that person is someone who believes in you and he believed in me and so even though he's gone that's amazing you know my stepmom will send me little messages sometimes and go oh your dad would have been so proud of you doing this and I'm like oh, I was gonna say no. big yeah, I think your dad would be extremely proud well, of yours too. But I think it's that you can carry Thank that you. on even after they've gone. It's that remembering what they would be thinking. Yeah. And, and I think generation, you know, sort of generations of generations and then we're changing patterns and we're doing this and we're doing that. It's kind of like that, you know, when you look back from where you've come through that generation process, I think it's fascinating. I, I sort of, yeah, I had a, a, a mixed, a mixed experience with my dad because he was, he was not, not the most he was not the most pleasant man when I was younger but as I got older he was very gentle and very you know and I I sort of became his carer and um as it often is the case isn't it so but yeah just just getting trying to get extract the the wisdom and the, and the warmth that you got from them is is really nourishing actually when they go so but all these things everyone's having to deal with so much of these different feelings at the moment and I really would say to people listening to, you know, listen to your podcast and read your books because the dot to dot as well, the ones that I've listened to are really easy to, as talking to you now, really easy to listen to um, and just to digest. And for me personally, it's made so much sense. I always thought I was quite sort of integrated on my understanding of, of psychology and I'm not at all. And I just find it fascinating. I think the more... The more understanding you have, the more equipped you are to look after yourself, which no one can really look after you for you, much as I'd love someone just to scoop me up and take care of me. It's just not going to work out that way. 
Yeah, I'd quite like that too. <laughs> and I also, <laughs> you know, the old Prince Charming on the horse and all that stuff. But no, I mean, I'm not that bad. But but it's true, isn't it? You've got to look after yourself, or you can look after anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. The thing you said there about psychology is the more you know, the more you know you don't know. If that makes sense, and that, but that's self awareness. Hell. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? Self-awareness hell. No, 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 no. There is a thing around that. It's saying that the research says that people that are really unself-aware, when they find out, they they go back to being really unself-aware because they can't think. Really? Yeah. But (laughs) they literally just shut down. God. um, No, I don't think it is hell, though. I mean, I'm certainly way from the polished article. And, you know, I will say to my coaches, now, you know, I don't do this, but <laughs> because yeah. they know me well enough to know all my flaws, and, but I'm there to guide and advise them. So it's a bit like having a coach who might not be the best tennis player in the world, but they're coaching the best tennis player in the world. Absolutely. They're advising them, they're helping them, they're guiding them. And I know the things, I just don't always do them myself. <laughs> but I think that's, again, isn't it? It's like, we are I mean, if we could do everything, then... Well, there wouldn't be much to do, would there? I mean, certainly when I was, you'd be so bored. You'd just be sitting there feeling so brilliant about yourself. There'd be nothing to do. But even when, even when I was a yoga teacher, people would come in and go, "I can't, I can't touch my toes." And I'd be like, "Well, wouldn't that make for a boring lesson if you could touch your toes the minute you walked in the door? We'd have, we'd have nowhere to mark the start and nowhere to mark the middle and nowhere to look at the end." Analogy, I like isn't that. it? And I also- because it's sorry, true. Sorry. No, I'm like, surprised I haven't interrupted you already. I'm usually very good at that. Apologies. Um, it, it's it's also, I think, we're not set up at school to believe that learning is this interesting, fascinating, enjoyable, exciting thing. We're sort of set up to learn. You need to know these to pass that test and da, 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 da. And I'm not saying we all go on to study chemistry and physics and you know, become some astrophysicist or something but we all are on a journey to learning more about ourselves and that's a fun journey it's interesting curiosity is fun and yeah good for you that again the research shows that the impact it has on well-being are immense i think that's it and and also like you say it needs to be framed differently for everyone including you know adults it's it's about curiosity i totally agree with you and i think Again, it's those, you know, it's the people that you surround and let into your world and it's the information that you digest and the the thoughts that we all have that internal voice that talks to us and just being aware that it is a voice. It's, it's, it's not actually, well, it's, it is a part of you, but I, I mean, that could be a whole different podcast we could talk about there, but it's just having a little bit more um, and just, just being nice to you. You did touch on the way that you talk to yourself and you said something actually that I've, I've said myself to people where, you know, imagine that you're talking to somebody, would you talk to them the way you talk to yourself? Cause we can be really hard on ourselves, can't we? And I think currently with everything that's going on, myself included with business, it's really tough and it's really hard to be, oh, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And da, 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 and wow, where does that go? You know, it's not, it's not going to end well. So I think, um, it's. I'm really excited to read your books. I think I'd quite like you to profile me, please. So I think we might have to do do some work on that and then maybe we can talk again. And I'd love to hear more about the charity work that you're doing and the work with the NHS because I think that's really fantastic and I can see it really lights you up, which is brilliant. So um, 
lucky world getting 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 you you know getting busy on them so thank you so much for coming to talk to us today thank you for having me on it's been absolutely wonderful oh it's been great and yeah if people want to listen to more of your wisdom we will call it fiona wisdom <laughs> then they can listen to dot to dot and they can they can access that on all the all the normal podcast channels and then obviously if they want to find out more about you as well there's those books that you had out which um yeah really fantastic and good luck with the tedx tour we'll we'll make sure we do a bit of a blast out for that when oh, we do thank that thank you maybe not sure maybe wait until be... see how it goes but... listen you've been brilliant on this if you can if you can sit opposite me like this in the kind of ai format it's very different. There. It's interacting rather than talking at. This is someone said you've got to think of this as a performance. And I was like, mm, okay. That's yeah, sometimes when people say things like that to me, I'm like, I kind of wish you hadn't said that. That's like <laughs> one of my normal talks that I give. I'd be much happier with that. It's it's like if people ever say the word test to me. Oh, it's God, like it's not nice, Please don't say test, you know, we've got a test. No, 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 no. I'm I'm like back at school now and it's just yeah, it's all sorts of things, isn't it? But I'm sure you'll be great and um yeah, we'll all be excited to hear more of what you've got to say. So thank you so much for sharing sharing this morning with us and um yeah, I can't wait for us to chat again soon in person. Well, hopefully we might not have to leave it that long because you never know when that'll be. You never know. Now we know where each other lives. We're not far from each other. We'll probably bump into each other on a a hike or something like that. So, but thank you so much, Fiona. It's lovely to meet you. All right. Take care. Take care.